with the first pick in the NFL draft. Welcome back to the most wonderful week of the year, uh, except for 49ers Twitter, Zach. Let me, tell me how you feel. Uh, Mason, I am just exhausted at this point. Like, there is so, there's just so much out there right now. And it's like, nothing is said with any amount of definition. There was more hedges than Beverly Hills in that Ian Rappaport tweet that that he's hearing that they may be down to two picks and he believes that it's these two guys, but there's nothing definitive that's out there. Oh, it's all man. just so exhausting. And I, I have this, such this weird combination of anticipation, excitement, dread. And, and dread. <laughs> and just even apathy, like just all of this weird combination of things out there just needing Thursday to come and needing for Roger Goodell to read anybody but McCorkle. <laughs> All you said is you started saying his name. I'm, I'm not saying his name that he his, his wants name. to go by. I'm saying McCorkle. <laughs> oh my God. Zach's catchphrase is always starting off with how good he is. He was so excited when you make the trade. Oh. This should be a moment of glee for 49ers fans. And it has just turned into such stress and I'm so sorry for poking the bear and being a part of that, but also living through it. Uh, it has been quite, I don't know if entertaining is quite the right word, but somewhere around that ballpark to a witness following a bunch of 49ers Twitter. So um, good luck. And uh, we are here to, on this final week, we're going to give you guys a few episodes as we get to this Thursday draft that we are oh so excited for. We're going to go through Zach's final mock draft. We're going to go through my final mock draft in separate episodes. And then we're going to give you kind of our final episode where, we'll, where we will make our concrete statements, give you our predictions, give you our final thoughts as we get to the day itself. So we are going to start with Zach. He's going to go through his mock draft, an entire first round. He's going to go four picks at a time minus the first two. He'll tell us his thoughts. I'll question him if I feel that there's question worthy. I'll praise him when I feel the pick is praiseworthy. And I'll tell you where I agree and disagree, much like he will do for my mock draft. But Zach, it's all you. Let's get started. Yeah, so the first two picks are pretty obvious. You got Trevor Lawrence to the Jags and Zach Wilson to the Jets. Those have been the picks for seeming months now, so not going any different there. Uh, then we get to number three. I still have San Francisco taking Justin Fields. I think that there is a lot of smoke. I don't think that there has been anything definitive enough out there to sway me from this pick. And until Shanahan says that uh, he believes that Lance or Jones are better than Justin Fields, then uh, I'm going to have faith that he makes the right decision and goes with the most skilled quarterback that he's got here. Uh, and then number four, I've got the Falcons going with Trey Lance. I think that now is a great time to uh, try to try to replace what they had uh, with. I think that Arthur Smith, you know, is going to want to get a quarterback at some point. Uh, I don't think that he can guarantee being in this position ever again. 
Uh, and Lance does have a lot of similarities to Ryan Tannehill, which is where he came from with Tennessee. So I think that Atlanta going Trey Lance here would be a, a solid move for them for a guy that doesn't necessarily need to start right away, but absolutely could if they find some way to move off of Matt Ryan's contract. Oh, I guess that is four. That's a good point. Um, All right. Four quarterbacks in a row. I really hope Justin Fields is the pick to San Francisco. I say that just because I do care about you guys enough to uh, hope that your sanity withholds that, even though it benefits my team significantly if it is Mac Jones. But uh, I I think Justin Fields is a fantastic uh, fit there. I kind of hope that happens. And I'm not going to go with Atlanta going Trey Lance. That is another fit that I absolutely love. I just feel like they're kind of going away for that for whatever reason. I think it would be a really, really good pick for them to uh, go that way. I agree. I don't know if they'll be picking this high again. So it's their best chance to get a quarterback. I really like the fit in the Arthur Smith offense. I think they can develop him behind one of the most smartest quarterbacks in the league, Matt Ryan. I like both those picks. If the first four picks are all quarterbacks, I will not be surprised whatsoever. Uh, At five, I have the Bengals going with Kyle Pitts, tight end. Uh, I know that the Jamar Chase is a really uh, popular pick there, but I think the Bengals go in a little bit different direction. Their their receiving core is pretty decent, and uh, they could really use that dynamic tight end option. So I I think that Cincinnati goes with Pitts here. Uh, Then Miami, I have them going with Jalen Waddell. I know that... uh, you know, Jamar Chase, again, he's he's my top wide receiver for this class. But I think Miami is looking for more of a speedy, deep threat than opposed to a, another bigger body all around where they have a Devontae Parker and Mike Gesicki already. So I think just to diversify a little bit, they go with Jalen Waddle here. Uh, that drops Penny Sewell down to number seven with Detroit. And, you know, a, a former tight end guy, uh, a, you know, really heavy into... Uh, physicality I think that the first pick for Dan Campbell as the Detroit Lions head coach has to be a ta- an offensive lineman has to be a tackle go with the best one out there with Penny Sewell and then the Panthers I'm also giving them another offensive lineman they're going to go with Rayshon Slater here uh, I, I did not project any trades in, in this mock um, I, I think that gets a little bit difficult to do uh, I think both Troy and Carolina could be candidates and even Miami all three of them could be candidates for trading down if someone really wants to get up and get Mac Jones at this point um, but I am going to if the Carolina does stay there I'm going to give them an offensive lineman that can really play anywhere and let's face it Carolina needs help everywhere on that offensive line so even if he has to fail inside they still have a guard spot locked up for the next decade or so with Slater. Yeah, it really shows that we got different ideologies because outside of the top two, we're going to have almost completely different mock drafts. But uh, we have the same sentiments in a lot of places here. Uh, Jalen Waddle reuniting with Tua would be really fun. I personally think Pitts or Sewell make more sense than Chase does with the Bengals. I'm just thinking that they're going to go otherwise. And for the Lions and Panthers who both kind of have, especially the Lions, who kind of have long rebuilds ahead of them, uh, Starting in the trenches is definitely the ideology that I subscribe to. So I'd be pretty content uh, as a Broncos fan. I'd also be extraordinarily bummed if the top two went right before our pick. But um, I could totally understand that from Carolina and Detroit's perspective. And that's why I also think that Denver could certainly be a candidate to trade down. I know guys like Ben Albright and Nick Kendall have been talking about uh, if the board were to shape up like this, that they would certainly think about trading down and gathering up more picks. Um, If they don't, 
do that, however. Uh, I think Micah Parsons could be a really good fit there in Denver, uh, especially with Vic Fangio coming from you know his defensive background. Uh, his defenses were best when he had a sideline-to-sideline weapon at that linebacker spot, and I think Micah Parsons could be that. I, do I think it's the best value? Uh, probably not, but again, I, I really think that... Uh, they would be looking to trade down in this situation. Without projecting trades, though, uh, I give them Micah Parsons. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, I'm going to give them J.C. Horn. Uh, I know that Patrick Sertan is a very popular pick in this spot, but I think Jerry Jones is too much about the flash and the turnovers from the cornerback position as opposed to just simply locking down the opponent's top target. Uh, And I think Patrick Sertan is probably the best pure cover guy in this class, but I think J.C. Horn is a better playmaker at the position, and that's why I'm going to give the Cowboys Horn. Uh, Jamar Chase has fallen quite a bit here, and the fall stops here with the Giants. Uh, Wide receiver might not be the biggest need for them, but especially with Philadelphia coming right up behind them and they don't have, you know, a true top talent at the position. Uh, they grab Chase to give them that high level target and high level weapon outside. And Philadelphia, they are also in need of a wide receiver. And they're going to take Heisman winner Devontae Smith uh, from the University of Alabama. Um, you know, he's one of those guys that can really work all levels of the field. And for Philadelphia Eagles team that doesn't really have any receivers right now that are worth anything, you know, we'll see if Jalen Rieger uh, can live up to the expectations that were set on him last year. But if not, you need a guy who can work every area of the field. And at this point, that's Devontae Smith. So curious that you got two of the big three wide receivers falling outside of the top 10. I can see a reality where that happens just because wide receivers, especially in a deep class, kind of a fall a little bit like last year but generally we see at least the two of them going in the top 10 so uh you don't got much falling out the Giants fans I think would be ecstatic if Chase fell to them uh the Eagles trading down and still getting one of the big three would be fantastic values I think the Cowboys could go either way with Sertano Horn so I'm with you there don't love the Micah Parsons pick I don't really hate it either I think I do think he's pretty dynamic I'm just very curious to see if on draft day his character concerns are enough to see him drop a little bit or if teams largely look past that yeah, and I think that Micah Parsons at, you know, pick 15 or, you know, a different linebacker like JOK at pick 19 or 20, you know, I think that would probably be a lot more tolerable for Broncos fans, um, which, again, I, I think the Broncos would try to trade back in that situation and pick up a linebacker maybe a little bit later rather than spend the capital to get one at nine. But I do like the fit with Parsons and Broncos, at least on the field. Uh, 13, sure. I've got the Chargers going with Christian Derisaw. Uh, they really knocked it out of the park with Justin Herbert last year, and now they need to protect him because he was not very well protected at all last year. So get the best offensive tackle still on the board uh, in Christian Derisaw. Minnesota Vikings, uh, this is your guy, uh, Tevin Jenkins, with all the offensive linemen that have gone so far. Um, Minnesota still needs tackles, um, and they also need guards. So I, I think maybe if they didn't want to take a risk for a guy on the outside, they could go with someone like Elijah Vera Tucker here. But with Tevin Jenkins, I think this is another situation like Rayshon Slater, where you get a guy that has the, at least the potential to 
play on the outside. And with his athleticism and the you know really nasty smash mouth way that he plays, I think that could really appeal to Mike Zimmer. Uh, and I, I think that Minnesota would prefer to spend the high capital on a guy that at least has a potential to play outside given the state of their offensive tackle position. Uh, so give Minnesota Tevin Jenkins at 14. Uh, the Patriots, I'm going to give them Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, JOK, linebacker from Notre Dame. Uh, the versatility that he would provide to that defense, I think, is really great. And Bill Belichick only has a couple more years left in this league. I don't know that he wants to spend that with a rookie quarterback. Uh, he may if you know one of Justin Fields or Trey Lance or someone like that falls deeper into the top 10 he might want to you know roll the dice with that but if his choice is mac jones who i think is going to need a little bit more work than people are saying i I don't think that's going to be as an easy transition for him into the nfl i think that he'd rather really build up that defense which is what really made the patriots a weapon in those early 2000s when tom brady was young so build up that defense get a guy as versatile as jok that you can really play anywhere and i think that belichick defense will be really really formidable next year especially with all the guys returning from the COVID list uh and then at 16 i've got the arizona cardinals taking patrick sertan uh we mentioned him a little bit when talking about jc horn to the cowboys but Arizona needs to replace Patrick Peterson, and luckily enough for them, the top cover guy in the class falls to them with the 16th pick. Uh, It's going to make Cliff Kingsbury happy, at least in the short term. We'll see how long he is there, given that he has been questionable at best as the head coach of the Cardinals. Um, But I I think that giving him a defensive weapon like Sertan is going to uh, do a pretty good job in replacing the production given to you by Patrick Peterson. All right, so I think the Chargers are definitely a candidate for getting one of the top tackles in the uh, in the draft. So Darisaw would be an excellent get for them, uh, especially with the Corey Lindsay signing and getting Brian Balaga healthy again. They don't have to worry about guard, but if you get the tackles and the center situation fixed up, that gives Justin Herbert a really good chance to succeed in year two. You're dang right, Tevin Jenkins is my guy. You even got him higher than uh, I'm going to have him going. Uh, in terms of the fit, I do like the tenacity that he would bring to the Vikings and to the run game. I am a little bit worried. I think in that case, he'd have to switch to left tackle because uh, one of their only quality offensive linemen is their right tackle, O'Neal, who's been there for a few years. But uh, I do think that it's possible. We'll just to see, especially if they can protect him with a strong run game. But uh, in terms of talent, I'm totally for it. I'm, I'm, I'm there for it. Uh, JOK to New England. Bill Belichick loves his versatile guys, and I don't even know if this guy's a linebacker or a safety yet, so I think that would be a really good spot to, uh, a really good defense to really utilize him to his strengths. Sertain to, uh, or Sertain to the Cardinals, I would, that would be phenomenal for them. That would be, that would be such a good get for him to fall to them and them to replace a guy like that on the back end. That's probably where they need the most help. They're going to be in a lot of shootouts considering their style of play. I think getting that kind of lockdown guy on the back end for them would be fantastic. I do think I do like the Pat replaces Pat comment. I'm here for that. That was a great pick from. Uh, next up at 17, uh, a little bit of a surprise pick here, but when have the Raiders ever done anything that isn't surprising? Uh, I'm Never. Gonna, I'm going to give them Zaven Collins, linebacker out of Tulsa. I think that the combination that he provides, you know, Gruden, really old school coach, and 
you gotta love Zayvon Collins' size. He is the prototypical old-school linebacker with that size and strength and just the power that he plays with. But then he's also got, you know, pretty good athleticism for a guy his size that's gonna satisfy the fans in the front office. And I think that Zayvon Collins fills a need for uh, the Raiders. And just that combination that he provides, I think that's going to be really tantalizing for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Miami Dolphins, I'm going to give them the first edge in the class, first true defensive lineman that we've got so far. Uh, Maybe a little bit later than some other mocks have one of them going, but I'm going to give Miami the first one here with Jalen Phillips. Uh, I think that, you know, Phillips, we mentioned this before in the defensive line episode, he's the epitome of a technician and coming from that Belichick defense with Brian Flores, that's really what they are looking for. They love that technical prowess that linemen can have. So I think that that's a really great fit. Jalen Phillips staying in Miami, going to the Dolphins. And I finally have McCorkle Jones coming off the board here to the Washington football team. Uh, I think that unless someone wants to trade up, I think this is a really good spot for him Um, like I said, he's not going to necessarily need to start right away here because they do have Ryan Fitzpatrick. And we saw that Tua coming from that Alabama offense took some time to have to adjust to the NFL. And I think Mac Jones is going to need that too. So going to a situation like Washington where they have a quarterback that is signed for this year, I think that's a great situation for him. The pressure is going to be off of him by not going number three. Hint, hint, don't take Mac Jones number three. Um, and <laughs> I, th- I think that this is a really good situation for him where he'll be able to learn and thrive. And then Chicago at number 20, uh, I'm giving them Rashad Bateman, wide receiver out of University of Minnesota. Uh, with all the top quarterback options off the board and with how dire the wide receiver situation is looking, especially if Allen Robinson moves on next year and their Bears are already looking to move on from Anthony Miller and the rest of the options, Darnell Mooney, Riley Ridley, Marquise Goodwin, those aren't great long-term options for the Bears. Uh, So take advantage of the fact that there's so much depth in the wide receiver class and take a guy who is supremely talented in Rashad Bateman, but is going to fall a little bit more than probably his skill level dictates just because of the depth. So take him at number 20 and you've got, you know, kind of a built in Allen Robinson replacement for when he probably moves on in 2022. So we actually are going to have exactly one same mock draft pick and that's going to be Jalen Phillips to Miami. So obviously I think that's a really good idea. Uh, and Washington and Alabama players, you know, at this rate, uh, that's a combo that just keeps on happening. This is a completely new regime, but I, I think Mac Jones is going to be a good spot uh, in Washington. I agree that Fitzpatrick's someone that he could probably learn from, take a year off, and uh, just sit and watch how the process unfolds because of his little playing time and pretty gimmicky offense. So I'm with you there. And uh, I think you're going to catch some flack from uh, Bears fans for saying Darnell Mooney's not part of their long term plans. They are very high on him, even if then. Allen Robinson's on the tag, and if you're starting Andy Dalton with a strong defense, you're probably going to want as much firepower as you can get. Well, I'm not saying that Darnell Mooney isn't part of their long-term plans. I'm just saying if Darnell Mooney is the best wide receiver that you have on your roster for the long-term plans, 
you might need to get another guy in there. <laughs> that I, I like Darnell Mooney, but I I don't think that he is number one wide receiver level type guy. So sorry, Bears fans, but I, I think that you'll be happy with Rashad Bateman. Uh, number twenty one. Uh, I've got Caleb Farley. You know the Colts are in desperate need of secondary help. And Caleb Farley's falling a little bit more than we maybe expected because of that back issue. Uh, I think that that once we get into this portion, you know, the last third of the first round, that's where I think teams are going to be a little bit more willing to take a risk on a guy like Farley. Because if you can get a healthy season or two out of a guy like Caleb Farley, then he is going to be excellent for you. And especially at that spot when people were projecting him in the top 10 before the back issue was really known. So falls a little bit here. I don't have him falling out of the first round um, quite yet, but I I think that he would be a really good fit there with Indianapolis. Uh, Another edge defender coming off the board here in Quiddy Pay uh, to the Tennessee Titans. I do think that... uh, it's been a lot of rotation trying to find the right defensive lineman for this Tennessee Titans defense. Uh, and with the recent signing of Bud Dupree, and then you've got Harold Landry and Jeffrey Simmons already on that roster, you, with Landry and Dupree at least, you have guys who have that speed and that bend. And I think that to, again, diversify a little bit because it is good to have some diversified talent on your defense getting a guy with the size and strength and power of Quiddy Pay, I think that would be a really great fit in there for Tennessee. Uh, a little bit of a surprise pick here for the Jets next, but I have them going Rondale Moore. Um, I know that the injury issues are pushing him to the second round for a lot of people, but one thing that we've talked a lot about the coaches for the Jets coming from the San Francisco coaching tree trying to implement that Kyle Shanahan type of offense there. And one thing that really makes that Kyle Shanahan offense go is having that utility receiver a la Debo Samuel to be able to be a weapon from literally anywhere on the field. And if there's anybody that was even close to that in this year's draft, it is Rondale Moore. Uh, They don't have a receiver like that on the roster with the top options being Denzel Mims and Corey Davis. Neither of those guys are Debo Samuel type receivers. Rondale Moore is, and I think that they maybe reach a little bit higher for him than they would necessarily need to in order to get him safely on the roster rather than risking him not being available later. Uh, And then 24, uh, first running back off the board, I have the Steelers going with Najee Harris. Uh, He isn't my top running back, but I think that Pittsburgh really likes the larger running backs that can be good in both the passing game and the running game. And that's what Harris is. He's, He's a big guy, but he's also pretty fast for a guy his size and he led the nation in receiving touchdowns last year so he can be used as a receiving threat out of the backfield i think that he is kind of the perfect complement for that kind of hard-nosed smash mouth type team that the pittsburgh steelers like to run out there uh they might be looking at a quarterback at some point um i'm not necessarily sure they spend a first round pick on one now but uh 
especially with Dwayne Haskins coming in to back up Ben Roethlisberger. But that's that's an option that they could potentially go with if uh, if they don't want to go with a running back here and they do want to try to find Big Ben's replacement. Okay, I double checked, and we I also have Najee Harris going to Steelers, so we have two of the same of the picks outside of the top two. So I agree with that. I think the logic's there. Hard for us to go running back in the first round. It seems like the Steelers are type of the old school team to uh, think that this could put them over the edge while Ben's getting older. While they still have a pretty strong defense, Caleb Farley is going to go to a talented team. The question is just which because his talent's going to be too good to pass on uh, in the entire first round. The risk is going to be there. That's going to drop him to a playoff team. The Colts seem like the type of team to uh, reap that type of benefit. Quiddy Pay loved Quiddy Pay. Tennessee, Mike Vrabel might be a good spot for him to develop properly. Uh, and then the Jets getting Rondale Moore. That's your guy. So, you know, if that's one of your guys, I can totally see it. I do like Jameson Crowder, but he's definitely not going to be a long-term option there, if not even to this season. So Rondell Moore could go in there, compete with him right uh, year one, beat him out by year two. And I think you're right. They are going to need that more uh, explosive uh, middle of the field uh, run in space type threat in this kind of offense. So get a guy that Zach Wilson can dump it off to and create yards by himself. Uh, 25, I've got the Jaguars going with Kadarius Toney, uh, getting the wide receiver run here at the end of the first round. Uh, I think, again, I, I have talked about this a lot, but I do think that the best way to attack these positions that you need multiple of is to have diversifying skill sets. Uh, for the different guys on that team. You know, I, I think that DJ Chark gives them a really good big-bodied receiver that also has some speed there. And I think bringing Kadarius Tony into complement Chark, uh, Tony being, you know, a smaller, shiftier guy who can create a lot of separation, but then also generate yards after the catch. I think that that would be a great way to kind of round out that wide receiver room there in Jacksonville for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Cleveland, I have them going with Greg Newsom the second. This is a team that has taken a lot of swings and misses at the in the secondary over the past few years. Uh, Denzel Ward has been okay. I don't think he's quite lived up to his draft stock at this point. Um, and, and then you know they took Greedy Williams a couple of years ago. He's been a little bit disappointing there for them. They they just don't have that true shutdown corner that they need. And I think Greg Newsom would provide that to him for some pretty good value here at the end of the first round. Uh, number 27, I have the Ravens going with Terrence Marshall. Uh, we know that with Marquise Brown, they uh, have a guy who, again, is a smaller, faster guy. Um, with Lamar Jackson, I really think you need multiple weapons to stretch the field to open up some space underneath for him to uh, run the ball a little bit, as well as you know use that arm that he has to take those deep shots. And I think Terrence Marshall will really help there. And then the Saints, I have them going with a surprise here with Kellen Mond, quarterback out of Texas A&M. Uh, I think with the position they're in now, with Jameis Winston being their presumed starter, most likely, at the quarterback position, uh, he's probably going to play okay for them. But if they want to take a chance to not 
have to go, you know bottom out before they can get their next replacement quarterback. You take a swing for the fences right here, and that's what Kellen Mond is. He has the opportunity to be a stud quarterback in the long term, given his arm strength, given his athleticism, given all that. Get him in working under Sean Payton, and we'll see if Kellen Mond has the staying power to be a good replacement for Drew Brees. So I'm curious to see how the Kadarius Tony would fit in with uh, LaVisca Chenault there, but at the same time, I'm not really against giving Trevor Lawrence as many weapons as possible, especially two that can be really dynamic and then, again, is a great compliment to Chark. Uh, Greg Newsom, I'm surprised you're so low on Denzel Ward because personally I love Denzel Ward. At the same time, the Browns are going to go defense almost assuredly because they have really no holes on offense, and I think they just take the best vendor available to them, and I think Greg Newsom at this point would be that pick. They need more cover guys past Ward, even if they, even if Ward is good or not. Uh, Terrence Marshall is actually almost the pick I went with the Ravens. He was actually written down as that pick for me for a little bit. I ended up changing my mind. I do really like that fit. I think they could use – they obviously – value speed and if they can get a little bit of height with it i think that could be really good for them i just want to get a true perimeter threat for lamar jackson and uh, i've also been playing around with getting a quarterback potentially at the end of the first i ended up not going that way i've been hearing about the fact that that is possible i think the saints would probably be one of those teams to do that pull a jordan love like the packers did last year except now they kind of need one more and i think Kellen mond is likely to be that sixth quarterback taken in the first round if there is one uh, 29 with the Packers. I have them going with Baron Browning. Uh, the middle linebacker spot has been a little bit questionable for the Packers, uh, even when Blake Martinez was still there, but especially once he's gone. Um, so I'm going to give them a guy that is a pro-ready prospect, can get in there and play whatever linebacker position they need him to play uh, in Baron Browning. Um, he might not have the upside of Jamin Davis, another guy that's been popular going into the first round. But I think that given where the Packers are and they're trying to win now with Aaron Rodgers, um, I really think that Baron Browning is the guy to come in there and help them out. Another uh, guy that I think I have a little bit higher than most people, I have Joe Tryon, edge from University of Washington, sneaking into the end of the first round to Buffalo. Um, he didn't play in 2020, so he kind of is a late riser as people are watching more and more of him. Uh, but the flexibility and athleticism that he provides, I think that's going to be a really good fit next to Ed Oliver and AJ Epinesa. And I think that he's a really just just a really great fit for a, a Buffalo Bills team that needs some help on the edge. Uh, I could have gone Aziz Ojolari there, but I, I want a little bit of a surprise uh, entry there into the first round, so I went with Joe Tryon. Uh, Baltimore Ravens again with pick 31 and I have them going with Dylan Redunds uh, tackle out of North Dakota State after trading Orlando Brown to the Chiefs in exchange for this pick um, I think that the Ravens really want a guy that's kind of more of that smash mouth option for them over on the right side and that's what I think Radins can be um, I think he can immediately step in and start at the right tackle spot that was vacated by Orlando Brown and they won't miss a beat and then 32 uh, this guy's fallen quite a bit for me just because of the position that he plays on the interior of the offensive line but I've got Elijah Vera Tucker dropping all the way to 32 to Tampa Bay. Uh, we know how important it is to solidify the interior of the offensive line when your quarterback is Tom Brady. And I think that getting Elijah Vera Tucker here is going to be an upgrade to that interior offensive line that was already, you know, 
that offensive line was strong last year, but I think there is one guard spot that they could stand to have an upgrade, and Elijah Vera Tucker would absolutely provide that. So if they want to run it back with their entire team like they are trying to do, you know, get an upgrade there in Elijah Vera Tucker. So we are on the same wavelength here because these final four picks, we all have the exact same position mocked to these teams, but I uh, went with a different player in each spot. So same thoughts, same thoughts. Uh, Baron Browning, I wouldn't be surprised if he make the first round. Again, I agree with the linebacker to the Packers. Uh, Joe Tryon, that's someone I like too. So I'm not sure if I'm going to, I'm not going to have him in the first round. I'm not sure I like him that much, but I do like the fit with the Bills. Uh, they clearly do value athleticism. So I think that would be really good for them. Uh, Dylan Reduns is probably going to sneak into around this spot. So sure, if they, he goes to the Ravens, I'm here for it. Elijah Vera Tucker is going to be kind of like the uh, Winfield pick in the second round they got last year, where uh, we don't know what his upside is, but we do think he can be an immediate contributor. He also gives them a little bit of flexibility on the tackle spot if they think he can pull out there. So, uh, again, that's just a spot that's going to help Tom Brady immediately. And he could be a very good long-term player as well. So I think that would be a really good spot for the Buccaneers. And uh, all right. So uh, out of your mock draft, we've got a couple minutes here. Who? Uh, what are your, some of your favorite picks probably outside the top five? And uh, which ones did you struggle to make the most? You know, I really do like Joe Tryon sneaking into the back end of the first round. I think he was a little bit underrated because of the COVID stuff and sitting out last year. I think he took a while to really start making his mark. Um, I also really like Terrence Marshall to Baltimore. I think that that is a really great fit with what they are trying to do there. Um, uh, Other ones I like... uh, well, I mean, obviously, if I was the Cardinals, I would love having Patrick Sertan fall to them at 16. Um, I, I think if he is on the board for them at 16, I, I don't know how they pass on that. Um, I also, uh, I, I think JOK is a, a kind of a nifty pick there for New England. I, I think that's if they don't decide not to go quarterback or if they decide to trade for another quarterback that potentially started his career in New England and is on the trade block right now, uh, I think that uh, JOK would be a really great use of that 15th overall selection there to shore up that defense that had a few holes last year, but, you know, get um, getting some talent back from guys who sat out last season. And I think the JOK could fit in really well with them. All right. That is Zach's mock draft. We'll revisit that after the draft. We'll see how many picks we hit. I think we usually try to aim for like six to eight would be a pretty good year. I only hit three last year, so I'm looking for a rebound year. How many did you hit last year? Do you remember? Um, yeah, you know, I, I'm not entirely sure. I don't think I ever went back and, and checked. I went, yeah, I went back to my last mock draft to see what mistakes I made. I actually hit four. That's, uh, so I did, okay, I did, I did mediocre, so... We're trying to one-up ourselves from last year. We'll visit that. He got his rationale. You can also view his mock draft if you wish to read it on the 49ershub.com. You can see it on his Twitter. If you guys want to stick around and listen to my mock draft, I'd greatly appreciate that. And then we'll get to our concrete statements afterwards. So uh, last few episodes as we get to the draft itself. We are in the final week. We are in the final days. I want to thank you guys all for sticking with us. And uh, stick with us for a little bit longer. we got some more stuff to do. And we'll see you next time.